Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. This is very cool. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this person might be the farthest away of anyone that I've talked to on any of my shows that go on years and years and years. So, without further ado, I would like to welcome Tom of Patient 67 to the show. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Ian. How are you? I am I'm not doing too bad. I figured I would start out with the most cliche things possible to start this conversation. <laughs> uh, we are we are really um we are really far away. I mean, even in our own um um country of Australia, Perth is is pretty far away from everything. Yes. So it's not it's not wrong. <laughs> I talked to one of my buddies who is from Sydney and I said, Hey, I'm gonna be talking to this great band tomorrow. They're from Perth. Do you have any like inside jokes? that you can make about Perth that I can just kind of, you know, like smatter in there. And all he said to me was, nobody is from Perth. I'm not even sure that place exists. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> if you see, if you ever see like an Australian tour poster, there's like a 80 to 90% chance that unless it's like a, like a, a quite a large band, we're usually not on the, um, not on the poster. <laughs> a lot of bands don't come here because it's just such a detour. Like it, it is, but yeah. we, 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 at the same time, like if you look at the map of Australia, we are literally like half of the country as well. But like we're yeah. like the only main city in that part, so it's right. a bit of a, it's a different setup for sure. Yeah, no, I'd <laughs> I'd imagine that's so, and that's the thing. I mean, I have traveled over the world. I was an Air Force brat for a long time, but one of the things that I never had a chance to do yet was go over to Australia and Japan. So it is it's very cool to be able to talk to somebody. That has a completely, and it's not saying that you have a completely different outlook on things, but you are so incredibly far away and have to deal with things that we don't have to hear. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, I think one of the coolest things about like with music and stuff like that is is being able to to talk to people from you know all over the world, really. And you definitely, it's definitely something you you might not necessarily think about. Um, and yeah, you definitely learn a lot about other places of the world, even just from being online and talking to other people. So I think that's pretty dope. Well, let me just go into one thing really quickly. So obviously with COVID, that's limited the ability to tour and to go out. Now, I know you've toured around Australia, but have you been able to tour outside of Australia yet? We haven't really had the chance. I mean, it's it's um, it comes back to that same thing, Ian, where it's like we are... Um, and I've said, I feel like I've said this a few times and it still gets people by surprise. We really are like a three hour plane ride, uh, at, at minimum to get to another city in Australia. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we can't do the whole, you know, West coast run or East coast run. I guess you see more in the, the States just simply because it's, um, it's just a whole nother, uh, element of travel. Um, so we haven't had the chance really to, to venture outside, um, WA too much. Um, but you know. Obviously, in the future. I mean, we actually do have shows back in our in our city. Um, we oh, we can. I think we're one of the only states. There's a couple of states in Australia. So, we, like, if we wanted to play a show like next week, we could we could book a venue and do that. But, um, yeah, <laughs> the touring thing's always been. I guess that's kind of like for us why it's always been a little bit. Um, it, it's not too different for us because we've always been like like I said earlier, so isolated. So it's right. um, it's kind of par for the course. Obviously, aside from the the pandemic aspect of it, you know, so. For sure. Well, that's that's really interesting to hear that you guys are kind of back to a quote unquote like normal standard state. Mm -hmm. You you see it online, obviously. Social media has shown that so many bands are chomping at the bit to get back out there. What do you think your plan is going to be? I mean, it's been it's it's um, our plan is definitely to to play some more shows soon. Um, we definitely want to do more. I won't sort of give anything away too much, but we definitely sure. have plans to. To do some more streaming, um, streaming stuff to sort of get everyone involved uh, with that side of, uh, you know, the music, you know, playing live and stuff. But we're not really in at the same time. We're not really in any rush because um, so much of the rest. I mean, there's other states in Australia where there's 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 no there's no shows at all, and we can't really travel anywhere as it stands. So um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, and obviously, some of us have had work schedules and stuff affected as well. Right. So yeah, we're definitely keen like practicing and stuff again but the live elements very much up in the air for us just because we don't know what the next few months are going to look like so it's just been interesting <laughs> do you oh yeah absolutely now do you have a plan to do a streaming now 
I'm sure you know, because I, I see you very active on social media, you know, probably the two biggest bands so far to do a full live streaming set with, you know, production value has been Dance Gavin Dance and Under Oath. At least those are the two mm. that I would say stand mm. out the most so far anyways. Is that something that you're looking to do? Something like a full set? Or are you looking to put out piecemeal based on, you know, you're working on Imbalance Redux and we're going to talk about a lot. Well, we're going to talk a lot about that in a second. But is that kind of the direction you're going to or are you going to go full out? Yeah, we definitely want like, because I think it was back in March, Ian, we actually, we, we, we saw, we were like, things are probably going one way at the moment. So we actually booked out just a local rehearsal room. I had my mate come and um set up like a mic and a bunch of just basic level production stuff on my laptop that I'm using now, which is, which is on the way out. It's actually quite stunning that it worked. <laughs> um, in, the, in the short space of time, we've got the rehearsal room and we literally just jammed, played a live set. Uh, it was about 25, 30 minutes for everyone on our Facebook. And that went really yeah. well. And that was like sort of bare bones type stuff, but it was so much fun. I think people really liked the, um, the raw element of it as well, just having, you know, and, and the, the quality of the sound and stuff was actually, um, was actually pretty good. So we figure next time we do it, we're going to really try to step it up. So, um, cool. we're in the process of organizing to do, uh, some form of stream. Um, it's just like the logistical side of it, but definitely keen. And yeah, I've seen the, um, the dance game and dance and under oath, uh, you know, the stuff they're doing is, is quite awesome sort yeah. of leading the charge. So it, it opens up a whole new possibility for, for bands to sort of tap into that. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And I, I watched the Dance Kevin Dance one as well. And I had forgotten it had been a little while since I saw Dance Kevin Dance live. But did you, so did you watch the actual stream for it? I only saw clips of it, but okay. um, yeah, it looked pretty, pretty sick. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. The one thing that I note, and I, I know no one can take offense to this because it's just absolute fact. John Mess is awesome. Like he's a great, you know, unclean vocalist. <laughs> But man, he does not move like at all. Yeah, the whole time yeah, the yeah. <laughs> I think it's the same. I think it's the same at the live, the actual shows yeah. as well, right? I mean, I've seen a few times. Yeah, he, he just looks straight ahead and just, yeah, very zen. But exactly. he he sounds great live. So whatever, it's it works. <laughs> yeah, it's working for him. That's for sure. I I like that though. The the zenness of what he does is absolutely <laughs> true for sure. So. I want to go back to something before we move on. You had mentioned, you know, work schedules of everyone as well. And we've talked about this in the past, you know, when we were first starting to really connect social media wise and, and talk to yeah. each other. And you really haven't had a break, you know, quote unquote break the way a lot of people have. Same with me. You know, we both would be, I, I would say we'd both be considered quote unquote essential workers where mm. during COVID we haven't been as affected as other people when it comes to jobs. Can you go into a little bit of what's been keeping you busy? For sure. So um, I work in, uh, I work for the Department of Health, so a government, local government, um, sorry, state government job. And we, uh, yeah, I mean, we, if anything, it's been, it's it's ramped up for us yeah. just because for obvious reasons. Um, and we, I, I guess it's just meant that it's, it's been busier than ever. So, uh, you know, it doesn't feel, it obviously feels different in the sense that you know when we're coming in every day we're being we're being affected by what's happening in the world much like you know a lot of people are but it hasn't changed really my work schedule it's just probably made it busier and yeah sort of across the board um for our whole band like our guitarist Declan he works in um he works in law oh. so uh you know law that doesn't stop you know there's changes obviously like to the A to B side of things but he's that stuff still needs to go ahead and it can't um slow down and we have um, our, our drummer Jules is like works in one of the busiest like um, retail stores um, like in the it, well around all of Australia really. Oh, it's one wow. of the busiest chains. So so essentially what I'm saying is we are like as a collective group like we haven't probably felt um, as much change in terms of our routine. It's probably mm -hmm. just gotten even 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 busier. So. Yeah. Well, how did you? And that's just interesting. Just to focus on you for a second, how did you get into that style of job? Well, it's my job is sort of like HR. Like it's sort of like I work for a um, government um, department called Health Support Services, and mm -hmm. we sort of provide support to like the hospitals and the people working, like you know, on the ground and all through 
all through the healthcare um, industry of WA, uh, Western Australia, and um, I just really got into it because, like, I came out of uni with a with a degree in journalism and public relations, and this was a role that made really like good use of my skills, and yeah. kind of same way that the band does in some other ways. But yeah, it was yeah. a good chance for me to show to yeah, just kind of round it all in in a job that I actually really love. So very cool. Wow, it's honestly it's a shock to me. Like when you talk to musicians. They obviously love what they do, or a lot of them do anyways, I'll say. <laughs> a fair percentage love the actual, whatever they're doing in the band, they they love that. But to hear someone say they actually love their quote-unquote real job, you know, what they yeah. do outside of that, that is awesome to hear, man. Yeah, I think you have to, like, like, and like I said, it comes back to the whole, like, we're not atypical, like, you know, we'll spend two months at home and then three months on the road. Because I understand for a lot of bands that's how that would work, you know, especially yeah. the higher profile ones where they genuinely are touring so often in the year. But because so much of what we do is online, I think it's important that we do um, we do find, uh, I guess, enjoy our, our day-to-day jobs as well. And, yeah, yeah it's pretty important because otherwise you, I, I guess you would burn out pretty quickly. So Tell me about yeah. it. Tell, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, I do want to congratulate you because I know you recently had a promotion as well, right? Uh, yeah, I've been doing some extra stuff at, at work. That's the cool thing about my job is there is opportunities. Um, yeah, so I, I, I am the reason that we had to stuff the schedule around a bit for this interview, but it's um, <laughs> I'm the, I'm, I do like to, you know, if I'm going to do something um, that requires a bit more of me, I like to give it a, a 100% of my efforts. So yeah, yeah the schedule the schedule's subject to change, you know? <laughs> oh, no, no. I totally completely understand that we were talking off air i've been you know it's a saturday right now that we're recording this saturday for me sunday for you and yeah my day started at 6 a.m it just it stopped at yeah. midnight or so with work calls and then it started at 6 a.m with work calls it, it just doesn't wow. end so i i totally get it but yeah. one of my favorite parts is being able to talk to musicians like yourself who i really really enjoy your music and respect you so this is my like venting you know what I mean? This is Thank my you. my fun part for sure. Absolutely, man. So let's let's leave that stuff behind for a little bit. And one of the things we want to – I'm going to go through a lot of stuff with you. But obviously, one of the big things we want to talk about is coming out very soon, you've actually decided to go back to your original debut EP and you've redone, re-recorded – two tracks from that EP and you're calling it Imbalance Redux. And I think the big thing just to ask right away is what was the point of choosing those two specific tracks? I love that you asked that question. And we, look, we, I guess I'll start, I'll backtrack a little bit. So we, this EP, the first Imbalance EP, that was really us, me and Declan and Dylan, who was our guitarist at the time, figuring out how to write music. Sure. Um, this band is actually my first ever band. Like I'm not. That's awesome. I, I sort of yeah. So I've sort of learned everything I know about music and writing and stuff. I've learned all of it through Patient Sixty Seven. It's been an on the on the um, job experience, learning experience. Um, because I know you see a lot of bands now, they come in, they come together, they're all very, you know, this is what we want to be, this is what we are. Usually there's at least three or four established members in the band that have done stuff, like, of of note. Right. Back when we did Imbalance, like, we were, like, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> like, the songs came together, like, okay, like, they worked for what they were and what, they, what we wanted them to be at the time. But as soon as we put it out, we were like, we know, like, somewhere down the line, if this band keeps going, like, the way we want it to, we want to be able to come back to these songs and... And sort of do them the way we maybe envisioned it, where you know the production value is good, and we really went in and honed in on what we thought the songs should be. Yeah. Um, and the reason we picked those two songs is because they were the two favourites from that EP for, uh, straight from the beginning. Sure. Straight from the beginning. The other ones, like, there's definitely some filler on that EP, but we feel like those two songs had some really cool qualities about them. So we decided, um, with the downtime, like you know, not practicing like every week. We were like, we can we can take these songs back to the studio and like like put them back out for people to hear and give them an idea of, of where we've sort of come from. Yeah. So that that's very interesting. And that's actually, I had in my mind a couple reasons why you might want to do that, like whether it was something to do with royalties or, you know, how it was being put out. But it also makes sense that it's something that 
they were the most popular. So why wouldn't you want to put those out again for the same hope that they would also be popular as well? And one of the things that I thought was also interesting was those were the two tracks on Imbalance that had guest vocal or at least guest spots where you had Corey Brenneman, uh, you know, writer and producer, songwriter and producer. And then you obviously yeah. had Mikey Sawyer from Misfortune on Gustavo Bling. So the question would also be, just to follow up on that, was there a reason for not going back to them to redo it as well? Since Imbalance came out, you know, five years ago or so, it might have been interesting to hear how those changes might have been as well. Was that a COVID thing or was that just something else? It's like, because back when we started writing um, those songs, like I, now, nowadays I do, like I've, I've, do a fair bit of singing in the band myself, but back then, uh, back then I didn't, I didn't have any idea how to really use my voice at all, and I had no way of recording clean vocals. I, I tried a few times, like all of that was self-produced, hundred percent, right? And I just had no idea how to do that. And our basis at the time, like we just couldn't make it work because we just didn't have the skills. Like we didn't want to put out something with vocal clean, like with singing on it that wasn't like good. So we <laughs> like. Like again, like it was just like it was obvious, like you know, we need to try and find um, some great vocalists, hop on these songs, and bring them to the next level. And like sure. at the time, um, you know, the the two bands that I loved, like I really loved Through Arteries, which is Corey's yep. um, band that he's in, and then obviously Misfortune, like loved that album, loved what they were doing, and Mikey's obviously a great vocalist. So we got both of those guys on those songs, and they killed it. They did exactly what we wanted, what like out of those songs. Um, Playing live was definitely an adjustment because, like, it's hard to emulate two styles like that where they're both so different um, yeah. and yeah. awesome. But essentially the reason is just because we wanted to see what we could do with those songs um, just as, like, as if, like, pretty much as a collective band, we were like, let's just put our own spin on them. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we've worked with a lot of guest vocalists and the original songs are still there. I guess we just kind of wanted to make use of Rory, who's our yeah. uh, lead guitarist and singer today. So... I hit both those guys up and told them what we were doing. And yeah, they thought it was a pretty dope idea. And um, I guess playing them live in the future will have a more familiar feel for people because we would play those songs live and they would be so much fun. Right. So when we go back and do them again, I think it'll it'll feel a bit more like, like us. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And yeah, I think obviously when you go live, it's it's more your song at that point because you're able to do everything by yourself. So that definitely absolutely makes sense there. So you brought up a, another good point there when you talk about yourself and how you're you know, changing your vocal styles, what you can do now compared to what you were able to do then. And I know, you know Rory does do some of those clean vocals, but I've also seen you do them as well. Has that dynamic shifted a little bit? Are there going to be times now where you're both going to be doing singing or clean vocals and then you're also going to be doing the unclean screaming vocals? It's a great question. Um, I think it just depends on the song, Ian, if I'm being honest about it. Like there's been songs where it's been a better fit for me and there's been songs where, and sometimes this is because of the guitar. He's like, you know, I'll be playing this live and sometimes we factor that in, sometimes we don't, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of a um, choose your own adventure sometimes with this stuff. Like yeah. we just we just kind of see what works. Um, and I think Rory, like some of his um, choruses and his vocal parts, carry the songs really well. Um, and sometimes it works a little bit better mm-hmm. for me. Uh, so we don't really have like a like lock and load strategy with it. We kind of just see what the song needs and sort of go from there. So okay, um, it's good. It's good to have. It's good to have. Like it's not a bad problem. Like not a bad problem to have because we can figure out different ways of doing things and we can sort of play off each other too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, by the way, do you have a preference on saying clean, unclean, screaming, singing? Do you have any preference on that? <laughs> I don't mind, mate. I'll leave that for the YouTube comment, YouTube comment section. Yes, it's all, okay. I know exactly. It's all good. <laughs> I like checking. As you know, from listening to the show, you know I like to ask that question because some people get super offended and some people don't. Some people do. Yeah, it's just some the way to do it. Do. I, see that tweet, I see that tweet pop up every now and then where it's like it's called like it's not clean vocals or it's not. It's just like, you know, whatever. Like, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, no, I'm glad I'm not offending you when we're talking about <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> so let's talk about then. You, you, started, you guys started around 2014. It's now obviously it's 2020 even though – 
this year is complete shit compared to so many other, you know, I'm not saying every year was great anyways, but it does seem like everything seems to be falling apart in 2020. But that's a, that's a fair amount of time there. And you mentioned that you really didn't do that much singing, you know, back then you were kind of, I guess, finding your, your vocal range, what you could do. When did things really start clicking for you? Did you, did you put time in getting training or was it something where you just did this yourself? I think it just came about after a few years of just practicing and sort of finding my my voice. Like I said, you know, in the imbalance days, it was just we just did it did nothing really made sense at that point. We were just kind of trying to put out some music that we thought sounded cool. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it, it kind of just snowballed where you know, in live songs, I would start doing backing vocals, and uh-huh. then um, there would be shows when we we you know, we wouldn't even have, uh, you know, our bassist or even Rory, like there's just be times when I would be singing like on stage live and it just kind of helped me grow in confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we started, when we released the four walls EP back in 2018, um, we did some acoustic songs and that's when I was able to, uh, go in the studio and record and it was kind of working. Um, and I guess from there gave me that more, that, that extra confidence that I could like, make that a part of my vocal repertoire because at the end of the day it's about like progression and growing as well like yeah. i don't want to be stuck doing the same like thing for like too long even though i've been in this band for for five plus years now like it's important to like keep keep pushing on and growing and i think that singing is a great way to allow us to mix it up like with the covers we've done like we can do different things we can do acoustics like we don't have to be boxed in sort of in the same in the same way that we might have been in the past so yeah. Yeah, you've yeah. definitely shown your versatility. You're really covering all the major spectrums that the scene has. So you can you can kind of, I don't know, get your music out to more people and appeal yeah. to more people, bring them in, and maybe they'll like another version of something that you do as well. So that's that's absolutely true. Now, one thing I also want to make a note of, and I kind of just want to understand the dynamics of the band a little bit. So I know you've mentioned, and from my research and everything, I know that you've gone through members. Where is the status right now of members in the band? And do you plan on filling out any spots that you don't currently have? Um. Yeah, so we've been like, essentially we've been a four-piece for about a year now. Um. Right. We, when we did Home Truths, we... Like we have our drummer Jules, who's been, you know, he started off as filling in, but we always sort of saw him as a as a long term drummer. He's unreal. He just works harder than anyone that I that I know, and I absolutely love that. It's one yes. thing that we all really value. It's just yeah. that base level work ethic, and um, he's a great guy as well. Um, so yeah, it's been me, Rory, and Declan. Um, we've been the three in the band since pretty much 2017 together. Okay. So, um, and Declan's been with with the band since the start, essentially. So, right. um. Uh, and then Jules, yeah, he sort of hopped on as an official member at, okay. the, at the beginning of this year. But long term, that's our lineup, and there's no plans to to change that at all. We have a great, um, we all have a great relationship, and and we work well together. So, well, do you have something against bassists then? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we. It's funny you should say that. We had like, I mean, our bassist, um, our last bassist, Andrew. He he was unbelievable. He had like an amazing live tone. He was just like he had the full, like he just was killing it for us and then when he just stepped away due to like uh, personal stuff we so, we don't you know we don't have beef with anyone like but right. he's you know he had to step away we were like how are we gonna like one up like andrew he's such a he's just a great bassist and we we're like look at the end of the day this is what we need to do we don't play that many shows and sometimes more hands in the pot is not a good thing and i uh, say that sure. in the sense that that we want to be streamlined and on the same page and sometimes that can be harder to do with like five or six members so very true very just, true yeah yeah i guess what i'm saying is like i this band is like a, a small circle and that works well for us so yeah, yeah yeah absolutely well now with that small circle how does your writing process normally work so obviously you just had a time where you had kind of a foundation with imbalance you knew what songs you were going to choose you knew what they used to sound like i'm assuming that process that you used to rewrite them a little bit was a similar process to what you did for Home Truths or, you know, when you did yeah. Stay Paranoid. I would think it'd be yeah. something similar. What is your normal process? There's no <laughs> – we don't no have normal. a, like <laughs> – there's no normal, yeah, and I'm sure that's not uncommon. Like, we just go it, – it, it's kind of a timing thing as well. Like, 
our guitarist um rory who's yeah does vocals and stuff as well his his work schedule is wild as well so he um he can be here for like two weeks or three weeks and then working away for weeks so sometimes it can be done and if he's writing um a bulk of the guitars which often is the case you know we can get we can get heaps of writing done in a couple of weeks and then we might be quiet for a while as well like in terms of like behind the scenes getting these songs together um and we we write a lot in the studio as well like we'll rock up like here's what we want to do and we'll just work on it as we're recording um with like a skeleton like you know knowing what we want to achieve at the end but sort of Mm -hmm. you know taking all the steps to get there like along the way I'll chip in, like I'll write a lot of I've I've loved like I've got my MIDI keyboard here. I love writing like keyboards and synths. Ah. And we even we even sometimes have like, you know, our producer Ryan, he'll chip in. It's just a collective group effort effort. Okay. Um yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love I love being this year. <laughs> I wish I wish I could go all the time. <laughs> right. Well, is there is there a plan maybe in your future to build your own type of home studio? So you'd be able oh, to kind of get that man. out. Yeah. I would love that. I, it's just a <laughs> like as soon as I can find the spare money to like buy, like build the computer I want and all of that, like I would yeah. absolutely adore having having a setup here, and that's been in my plans for a while. Um, I guess the good thing is because we have been so consistent in releasing music, it's not like you know, oh, I have to do this, but it's, when I do, I know it's going to up, up my personal writing game um, right. a lot. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's awesome. Yeah, and always spare money just kind of appears, so I'm sure you'll be fine soon. Oh, exactly. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> obviously we're all we're all rolling in dough. So, <laughs> oh, exactly. Music. A few people have said to me, "How come you haven't quit? Like, how come you're still working a day job?" I'm like, you know, this band like costs me money. Like, yeah, it costs exactly. money. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially the other now, way around. Like, yeah. Oh no, it's mm. it's for sure. <laughs> that always makes me laugh when people don't understand what people have to go through to be in bands and they don't understand how much of people's own personal money goes into it. Like it's almost like it's a hobby in that way, yeah. but you're trying to make your dreams come true at the same time. hundred percent. That's exactly, that's exactly the way we, we look at it. Like we know that it's like, we have to balance our time with it. You know, we, we have to, because at the end of the day, like, um, music is something that we we love more than anything. But if we weren't working, we probably wouldn't be able to do music. If that right. makes sense. Yep. So it's a balancing act. And I think some people, and you know, the streaming and stuff like you you can make money off that. But at the end of the day, you're generally going to be spending sometimes more than you would um make back at yep. different periods. And that, but at the end of the day, and like it's non it's 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 a non negotiable for me because I love doing it so much that. That's awesome. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I love hearing you say that. And I think people listening will love hearing that too, because it is really great to hear the people that you like their music talk so passionately about what they do. And you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but there are people that certainly don't have that passion anymore. You know, it just, it, it exists. But one thing I've noticed about you too is, especially in social media where, and I am, I am definitely you know, with my different personalities that I have online, I can be very <laughs> negative. You know, I, I like making a lot of jokes. You know, I try to make it so that it's mostly actual jokes and not just a venting session. But what I've noticed yeah. about you is you are always very, very positive and you always have like a positive outlook, it seems. And it's just, it is refreshing to see that as well. I think it's important, Ian, because like, at the end of the day, like we all know, we've said it. Like there is a lot going on right now, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things happening that are affecting a lot of people. And I think yep. for me, like I try to use social media just as like a, a positive space for me, yep. just because that is how I, I I I process things. Like it just helps me like get through my day, and and I feel like if I can, if I'm feeling like I want to hype myself up or hype other people up, or you know, try really go after something. If I can put that energy out onto Twitter, it's just a little bit different than the same things that that might be. Because there's plenty of other there's plenty of other places you can go for for that for people like complaining and stuff. I don't know. It's just it's just everywhere. my take on it. Like, yeah, everywhere, literally. And I'm not immune to it either. Like, I yeah. I have terrible like I have bad days, plenty of times. But like, I just prefer to use social media as a positive space just for me, just yeah. because that helps me deal with things. No, I think that's I think that's good. Absolutely for sure. Now, one of the things you had mentioned before 
constantly putting out music. And because of what we've been going through with COVID, you know, back at the, you know, we kind of talk about it, how it started in, you know, around March is when lockdowns really started. But obviously it goes back a little bit further than that. But it feels like we've been in the situation for much longer. And I think people <laughs> forget that your EP Home Truths came out in February. Yep. So it was right before everything really went down. And then you're also right now, during your quote-unquote free time, you're doing Imbalance Redux. That's even more content. And you say, you, you talk about being constantly ready for music. Are you still working on even new stuff right now? And we're working on new stuff right now. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. we've got, uh, yeah, we, we, we try right as much as we can. Um, you know, we are, and like, I'll just be completely real like about it because it feels like it's important. It, we don't, we're not a signed band. So as it stands right now, like we don't, we don't have the um, benefit of an album cycle or a, like a, a large recording budget to go in and write a write and record an album. So yeah. our focus is just about really trying to like write the best music we can. Like I'm super excited about some of the other stuff in the works that hasn't even come out yet. So we are like cool. we're ahead, we're planning ahead with this stuff. Um, but we figure if we can keep writing music, get the content out there for people. Like not only will we connect with more people who might like our music, but it just like it just keeps us busy and like I said, we don't have a touring schedule or a, a label. We can sort of do what we want in that sense. And I think that's an advantage more than than some people might like to say. For sure. The fact that we can go and do different things, like it's it opens up possibilities. And at the end of the day, like if we keep love if we if we keep writing and recording stuff that we love, we're not gonna just sit on it. We wanna put it out there for people to hear. Right. So Well, and I know you know about the industry and with everything that's changed over, you know, so many years now, is your goal still to get signed or has it completely changed? It's it's a really good question. Yes, it is, but at the same time it has to be the right fit for us. Right. Um I can sit here and tell you we we have turned down multiple like like deals that on paper might have looked uh might have looked good for some bands, but we know our situation. Right. We know where we're at like um like in our lives and what would work best for us, like in terms of a record deal, what it would look like. So we aren't going to sell ourselves short. Like we're not going to give up our, um, we're not going to sort of sign ourselves over just to sign ourselves over. And I don't think yeah. that's rocket science, but I think a lot of people think being signed is something like different than what it actually looks like for when sure. you get down to the nitty gritty of it. Yep. Um, I'm sure you know this, but yeah. So essentially yeah, oh, it oh, is yeah. a goal. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It is a goal, but it has to be, um, on the, the right terms for us um, and we have some great people that we've been working with like on a management level that that are helping us to find that so we do have um, a sort of small team with us that are helping us navigate through that but in the meantime what what can we control we can write music we can put it out there and we can show people that um, you know whether you like it or don't um, we we are going to stay busy and write the music we want to write and put it out there so right yeah no I think once again, I think that's the outlook to have. And I, I remember movies and, and things where you sign a record deal and it's the biggest thing you can possibly do. I mean, I, the, one of the most recent, even though it's I can't believe it's 10 years old, but Scott Pilgrim <laughs> versus the world. You know, when, oh, when yeah. they get that contract offered, it's just an automatic signage. It's not looking yeah. into it. It's not they don't care. That is their <laughs> that's their whole status and their whole goal yeah. was to get signed. So yeah, it's just it's changed so much. And I know I've talked to a lot of people on the show where some are on major labels and it works out very well for them, but then you hear the horror stories of being on labels as well. And you just, it, it's, I'm very glad that you have a head on your shoulders and the band knows what you want. So you don't fall for anything because everyone's looking to take advantage of someone at some point. You're, you're spot on. And that, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day is we don't need, like we have proven to ourselves and don't get me wrong. Like there's so many things I'd love to do better and do differently. Like I'm not sitting here saying that what we do is perfect. Sure. It's, it's, it's not, but we know what works for us, uh, at least in the short term. And until we have a situation where um, it sort of changes, we think it can be done better and it gives us that opportunity without giving up, you know, yeah, yeah. so much of what we own. I feel like I'm, I'm happy to, to, 
DIY because I know that we can work as hard as any any label exec. You know, we can work hard, like getting the music out there, promoting it, doing the ads. Like I've got a background in comms. I can I don't have a problem like taking advantage of that. And I know the other guys, um, you know, they yeah. understand that if we're going to sign somewhere, it has to make sense. And right. um, I have a lot of respect for smaller labels as well. Like some of them do amazing work. I see some of the way they get these artists to blow up and it's unbelievable and I go, wow, like you're literally changing people's lives with like taking a smaller band and like just making them like massive, way yeah. bigger than they could do on their own. But I feel like we've made that that transition from small to like a little bit bigger than that. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just like what's the next step for us? Like if it's not obvious, like we're not going to just sign ourselves over. Um, but that's just us. There's, every band is different, you know. There's yeah. no right answer to that. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the exact right way to put it. I think the best part of it is you know who you are and you know who the band is and you know what you can still learn and that there's still more to grow into the band and that you have the ability to control that. And I think that's incredibly important, that control to be able to do that. So I think you're definitely on the right track for sure. I like the control. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a bit. And I can be a bit of a control freak sometimes not in the sense that like i'll I'll get in people's way or anything just in the sense that like i'm giving you like five years of what i've like worked hard on i want to know that you're going to put the same amount of like love into it i don't know if that makes sense but oh no definitely no it absolutely i mean it's the same it well it's not on the same level uh but for podcasting as well would i want a an actual channel or something to pick up the show absolutely but not if they're going to change certain things. I've already gone through that yep. before, and yep. Yep. I want my show to be what it is. I don't want it to be like anyone else's. I want to be, I was the original, and I want to continue doing that. I don't want to change anything because someone's going to put some type of money in front of me. That's true, I lo- and I think I think it's not dissimilar at all because you've got to stay true to yourself, and you also don't want to, like, sell yourself. I don't know, sell- selling out is not the right term, but you don't want to, give up like what you find what you love about what you're doing you don't want to give that up for the sake of maybe maybe marginal gains it's it's always a it's a hard one to weigh out but 100 for sure yeah no absolutely now let me i i gotta make a suggestion and i don't often get to do this but because you're doing imbalance redux and you've got the two tracks that you've already chosen if you decide to go back again just on a whim you have time or whatnot I think one of the strongest tracks on that EP is the self-titled. If you go back, and I, I see so much potential in that track. If you go back and you have time, if you have that same connection to that track, I would love to yep. hear a re-recorded rendition of that for sure. Oh, thank you. Well, we do, yeah. I mean, we we had the time to do uh, vocals for two, but like if they go well when they come out, there's no reason why we wouldn't put out a few other like I love the I really enjoy playing the Ken Burns effect live. Oh sure, always have. Yep. So we've like recorded that like most of it. So we would definitely look at doing a couple more like special single releases from it. So I'm glad to hear that you like that song because um we would definitely not be opposed to to putting out more content from that EP. So that's very cool. So let's let's break down a little bit. I know we've been bouncing around. That's what we tend to do. Let's go back to <laughs> you know. Let's go back to Redux. Because that is going to be the next thing that's coming out. So obviously, we want people to go and listen to it and make it huge for you guys. So what was the process like? Because when I go back and I listen to Imbalance, and by the way, uh, for people that want to hear the originals, you can go to Bandcamp and you can go ahead and you can purchase that or you can listen to it. Hopefully purchase it so that you guys can support you know, Patient 67. But you can listen to everything there. You can't listen to it on Spotify. But I went back and I, I listened to kind of compare and, and contrast between the two tracks. And, you know, one of, the, one of the big things, you know, obviously the features aren't there. We talked about that. But there is a big difference between the way everything sounds. You know, when I think when they came out first, when you were talking about trying to learn to be a band, I think at least, at least what I was hearing was, a lot of things going on at once. Like what I think you did especially well when you re-recorded was gave each track space to breathe. I think that's very understated in a lot of music, but you you mm-hmm. had a lot going on in the original tracks and I think you just spaced it out 
correctly, at least to my ears anyways, it seemed like you made the flow really happen. Is that what you were kind of trying to do? Yeah, 100%. And yeah, we wanted to take songs from 2015 and sort of take what we liked about them and just kind of step it all up. So we yeah. wanted to make the choruses extra like extra melodic, extra poppy, yes. and we wanted to make the heavy parts extra heavy. So essentially pulling it apart like two different ways. Yes, right. But yes, it's exactly. And the reason part of that with the whole there's a lot going on is because yeah, it's like I mi- I mixed it all on my laptop that I'm on right ah, now back in 2015. Okay. <laughs> it was all everything was self-produced. Like you know how bands go this is DIY. No, this yeah. was like DIY why <laughs> like it was DIY on steroids. Um and like we recorded it like in our guitarists like like shared it was just like wow. we just want to write like breakdowns and like f- have cool parts and yeah. like it was really very like like first band release type vibes so i guess the point and the reason by the way it's not on spotify is just because we feel like um it just doesn't hold up as well like even though it has parts about it that i like and i'm sure someone like yourself can appreciate we yeah. want people who come to our channels to see like the absolute best of us and because it would classify as an album on spotify it would be the first thing people see ah, um okay. and and i feel like yeah i love the new stuff a lot uh, a lot more um sure. for what it means for our band but essentially yeah it's on Bandcamp now so we're pretty happy about that but we figure out when we go and re-record them we just wanted to really just put the shine on what we what we imagine it's kind of like what you imagine reality would be like for these songs but yes. like it just didn't it didn't reach those heights because i we definitely overestimated how hard it would be to do it ourselves um ah, sure. so yeah with the new songs uh with the re-recorded version we were like hell yeah let's just like let's just step it up and really be like this is what we wanted to sound like in 2015 but with a little bit of a flavor, like a little bit of that patient flavor that you hear today where it's like, you know, my vocals, Rory's vocals, you know, some s- strings and heavy parts. Yeah, it worked out well. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, it definitely did. You made that breakdown in, in Gustavo Bling really pop. Yeah. That was such a huge difference between the first one and the second one. It, it was, oh, man. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. As soon as that hit, I was like, fuck yeah. That that is what that was missing for sure. That that's what we wanted because like like I said, when we play those songs, they were very much like, especially um Gustavo Bling, like they would be so much fun. So we were like, let's try bring that fun element to these songs rather than if people heard them at a show and then went and heard the EP, they might be like, Oh yeah, this is fine. It just doesn't it 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 sounded very much like a local band's first release. I and I hold a very special connection with that release because it was the first one that like we all worked on together and stuff, but you know, it, it me and Declan have been talking for years about doing this. So yeah. it's so cool to have it um, finally out there. And, and like I said, who knows, maybe we'll do more. There's, there's parts in every song there that we like. It's just a lot of stuff going on. That's not exactly. there for any reason. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to listen to, but it's also, yeah, you can pick up on that stuff. So it's, it's great that you were able to as well. Now, what about four walls? Are you looking to do anything with that as well? I don't think so because like with that, we did it all in a studio. Corey yeah. um, actually mixed that. So it's kind of funny how um, our paths kind of crossed again. Like he, he, we had him on um, Resist and then we went uh, – he mixed our follow-up single, Callus, yes. and then he mixed the Four Walls EP. So um, we love that. We love that EP the way it is. We weren't thinking about it, whereas with Imbalance, we, we, we knew that when we had the opportunity, um, we wanted to maybe bring those songs back and also to have people who would actually care about listening to them. Like we didn't want to just do them like for the sake of it like we had a few people message us and be like would you ever do this like we were like yeah we're, we're definitely going to do it so yeah oh it's worked out cool. well yeah no absolutely so now i have to i have to ask because i i think it's something and i know you know put a spin on it say whatever you want to make sure it's not boring for you again because i know you've probably covered this with every single person that you've talked about you know this kind mm-hmm. of stuff with but obviously with home truths you did work with kellen quinn you know, sleeping with Siren's fame. Uh, you yeah. did work with him for at least one. It was one single, right? Uh, we also wrote Retrograde with him as well. Okay, gotcha. So too. What was the process? I think. I think more. The question is how How did that connection happen in the first place? Because when I when I think of Kellen, I don't think of someone who likes this type of music. 
Yeah. And that's obviously that's not that's a generalization. So it's it's not a good way of thinking of someone. It's just when I think of him, I don't necessarily think this style. But it obviously he he connected somehow with your music. So how did that connection really happen? Yeah, so after we released one of our singles um last year, like I tweeted him and um just said, Hey, like I'll often tweet like some of my favorite singers. Um Oh sure. And he's he's definitely one of mine. And I tweeted him the song What's Left of Us and mm-hmm. he really liked it and he um I think he followed me on Instagram and we were DMing and stuff and he was in the process at the time of setting up his dreamer development group, which ah. he's sort of doing now on a whole nother level with the studio and he's got um he's got bands that he's working with. It's really exciting, um, you know, that he's gone down that path because I think he's gonna really excel at doing that. But back then, last year, I think he was trying to find bands that he thought had a good work ethic that had some music that he sort of enjoyed and I think we we fit like we, we tick those boxes for him and then yeah. showing him the unreleased stuff. Um he really loved help inflicted and then um when that came out he helped us promote it like crazy. It was it was huge for us. It gave us some um, uh you know an audience that we hadn't had before and he was um amazing. And then when it came down to writing the new music he was I was sending him stuff and he was just giving us you know, awesome suggestions, and he even the the chorus from where to from uh, where to from here. He wrote the melody for that. Like he oh. was just, yeah, he was. He knew what the song was about and helped me get out of it what what we wanted to. And um, even today, like you know, his and his sirens obviously at that time going down that heavier route again. I think he really was like loving the idea of working with like a a young heavy band. Um, sure. So I think that kind of that he really enjoyed doing that and. Um, yeah, it was honestly unreal. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that sheds, especially, I think a lot of people don't see that side of the quote unquote, you know, bigger people, the more, you know, the larger than life people that are in our scene. Yep. They don't really get to hear those stories and know that that kind of stuff gets to happen. And that's very cool to hear that that kind of thing would happen with him. And I guess the question is you talk about tweeting you know, your favorite vocalists and, and whatnot, how many people have actually gotten back to you? Has it only been him or have you actually got some other people as well? Oh, it just depends. Like we work, I, I'm very thankful. Like I will, I'm of my favorite vocalists over the years, really. Like we have Chris uh, from like Moths to Flames. He did our artwork for that EP actually. So oh, we connected really? with him. That's very cool. Yeah. He drew that up and he's doing some stuff for us in the future as awesome. well. Like, um, yeah, he's like obviously different than like vocal like wise, but he's an amazing um, artist oh, like yeah. with his uh, graphic design stuff. Um, yeah, so we connected um, a few years ago just through the same thing, just through being a fan of like his band. And um, I've also worked with we've we've worked with Phil from I Am uh, Abomination and yep. Bad Chapter. He was on Attack, the void. Attack. Yep. <laughs> Attack Attack. Yep. Yep. That was single he did with them was dope. By the way, that was underrated. Uh, he, I, I agree. Yeah, he, he was great to work with too. And then, um, obviously, even back in the early days, working with with Corey, who I'd love as a vocalist, and Mikey, who's you know that 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 LP speaks for itself. You know, he's great. Oh yeah. So I don't. I love collaborating with people. Our band loves collaborating with people. Um, and yeah, like on one hand, yes, we have this small like circle that makes patient what it is. But on the other hand, like when we want to write or connect with other people like that's what music's about too it's collaboration so it's great i think that's something that's been missing in the scene i know i've talked about this on the show before but you see when people listen to rap music you see in pop music you see all of these collaborations between people and it really seems like sometimes it's pulling teeth with the metal rock you know scene Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it it really is more difficult it seems to get people on. And I've talked to bands like, for instance, like Bayside. I, I've talked to Bayside and I'll I'll go, you've made all of these great albums with no feature whatsoever in, in the entire discography. It's like, and I know you have friends. I know they know every single band in the scene. Yeah. Why, yeah. why doesn't this happen? So it's very cool to hear that you're open to that. And obviously people have seen it as well. But like, how how do you talk that over with the band? How do you decide, hey, this is the person we want to reach out to. This is kind of the idea we have. Is it more structured where you write or are they given the freedom to write for themselves as well? 
it just depends. Um, as I say, we don't um we don't have really any hard and fast rules with this stuff. We just kind of see what fits. Sometimes the guest vocalist will write their own part. Sometimes um they'll ask us for lyrics. Sometimes they'll change it. Um, yeah. I mean, what's the last? We did a guest spot with um Alex from Osatia, who yep. I know you've interviewed before too. Oh yeah. He, um, and that was easy because that was a cover, and we were just like, we love your voice, like we love what you're doing go for broke like do you know what i mean no, like we're not sure. gonna we're not gonna micromanage your creative process because if we wanted to do that we wouldn't be asking you to input like to put your spin on the song you know sure. so there's that element of it too um and i just think we will raise it be like hey what do you guys think about this and most of the time like because the band like well it's just like an open book you know most of the time we're like yeah or yeah but what about this like we'll just talk it out and then it's pretty it's it's not it's, it's not a um it's not a long process. It's just yeah, we'll we'll flag we'll flag it. If everyone's down, we'll reach out and make it happen. Oh, okay. Well, now one more suggestion, if if I may. And I just Please. I was thinking about this the other day because I just thought how cool it might be <laughs> for the uh, the ability to contrast between your vocals. If you were to get uh, if you were to get Booker from Make Them Suffer, oh yeah, into your into the style that you're doing with her vocals that way. I think that would sound awesome. They're actually from our hometown, so yeah. we could probably something with that. Yeah, no, that's that's a good one. Um, she's definitely got some unique vocals and helps make that band make yeah. suffer. You know, Absolutely. part of what makes them so great. So I can see that for sure. No, I just for some reason that clicked the other day when I was listening through your discography. I was like, I know they like to do features. I know they will do features. But that just stood out to me as something that might work. But then again, I also really enjoy contrasting vocalists a lot of times as well. So that's just my that's just my thing. Me too. Yeah, you yeah, know, I like that. It's nice to hear that. Yeah, for sure. So now uh, you mentioned, you know, with Alex with the covers, and and we've talked that you've done some covers in the past as well. How do you decide on which covers you're going to pick? And another question too, it does seem that they, these ones that you do are more pop related. Yeah. Would you also go back? Because I know you know the scene. I know you know old school, you know, screamo, post-hardcore, metalcore and everything. Would you do a cover of that style of music as well? I love this question. The answer is yes. And the second part of that answer is we've done a um, – we've got a cover in the pipeline that's done for a post-hardcore classic that we're really excited about oh man yeah so we we figured we were like you know we've done and i don't know how many more covers like uh punk goes pop like poppy covers will do like they were a really good way to for us to um to keep getting music out and get music out to to people who might not have otherwise heard of us i mean it's not rocket science um a lot of bands that do that will find um We'll, we'll get their music out. Plus, they're so much fun to do, man. There's such yeah. a stigma around covers like, oh, you're covering this, but it's like we have so much fun writing them, recording them, and if we do a video for it, like it's always great. Yeah. Um. So we definitely like if the opportunity comes up again, we wouldn't like when we're not we don't hold anything against doing more. But yeah, we have recorded a cover of a post-hardcore classic that we <laughs> love doing. Like we we had some spare time in the studio and wrote it, and it just sounds it sounds really cool. I think. Um, so keep keep uh, an eye out for that in the coming months, I guess. Um, yeah, we wanted to mix it up rather than just doing a top forty song. Let's right. do a song that's like true to us, the scene, and what people you know, one of the most influential like bands. All right, over the years. So, well, I will have to get that answer for you off air because I won't be able to. Yeah. forget forget all these people listening. I need to know. I will get. I will. I'll <laughs> I'll send it to you. I'll I'll send it to you actually. But yes. yeah, I just when we. I, I just need to figure out when it's coming, when we're like, you know, planning oh, yeah. with what we're doing with it. But yeah, no, I totally we, we, um, we love, um, yeah, we, we, we were like, yeah, let's, let's, um, yeah, let's do a different, let's take a different approach with our next cover, you know, again, like we just kind of thought it would be cool. So why not? Yeah. Why not? No, absolutely. Now I think the, the fun thing or the funny thing about, you know, doing the pop covers and everything is for me, I don't know any pop music. <laughs> None whatsoever. I never hear pop music. I'm always listening to my own stuff. I have my headphones on all the time, no yep. matter where I am. Even at work, I wear my headphones all the time. So I never hear anything until I hear a band like you cover the song. And then every once in a while, someone will play a song. I'll go, oh, that sounds familiar. I heard this band do it. 
because I'll have no idea what it's about whatsoever. So how <laughs> it works the other way for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The complete opposite. So for you though, how do you know? Do you just keep up on all types of music when you're trying to choose a cover? Do you choose what's most popular at the time? How does that work for you? With the Dua Lipa one, which is the first like one we did, I was just scrolling through Spotify. I was like on the charts, and I heard that one. I was like, "Oh, that would be so fun to do as like oh, a heavy cool. song." Okay. So it was literally just just scrolling through the um through the charts at that particular week or whatever. And um, you know, sometimes you'll hear. A, I mean, I don't I don't think anyone in our band really listens to the radio all that much, but sometimes we hear a song in passing. And um, uh, I guess with the one with Alex, like I heard that song on yeah it was spotify again and i was like oh man that would be so cool like if we traded off with like you know the whole ed sheer and justin bieber dynamic we could do that with someone like ah. else so yeah we just kind of find songs that we think would translate well a heavy vibe but still have a good melody you know something catchy that people can can um sort of latch onto from the original right yeah no that that completely makes sense so let's see let's see what you've got here so you know you've got redux coming out you've got imbalance redux was Stay Paranoid a brand new song or was that something that didn't make home truce? Yeah, it's pretty much like it was um, It was kind of a B-side from like a little while ago, um, but we wanted to kind of put it out because we felt that it um, – I kind of rewrote the lyrics for that song. I was like, yeah, this could be like a really good track to kind of put out. Like that, we didn't really feel there was any point on sitting on it because we felt that um, the people we had shown really, really vibed with that song and we thought we could – maybe play it live. Um, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't completely brand new. It was one that we sort of revisited and sort of reworked on, uh, during our studio time. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. It was, um, it was a fun one. We had a lot of fun with it. (laughs) Very nice. All right, Tom. So that seems to be a pretty good place. I just looked at the clock. We, we talked off air. Anytime I get to around an hour, even though I could talk to somebody like I know right now we could just start doing scene trivia and just continue talking about stuff. But I know people's attention spans, just they're not there. That's just not the way it works. So I think we're going to stop here, but we're going to talk about everything that you have coming out. Obviously, we've mentioned, you know, Imbalance Redux is going to be coming out very soon. We're recording this before they come out. Uh, So I'm planning on having this out most likely before those tracks come out. So that should be a good lead in for people to be able to listen to everything and kind of get the word out there. Awesome. Is there anything else that's going on for you guys? Future with touring, future with any type of release that you want to talk about. How's the best way right now for people to support you guys? For sure. And um, <clears throat> any support we can get on social media is obviously massive for us. Um, we have a, um, we have a pretty active Facebook page. If you just search patient 67, as in spelt, 67 you can like us there we've obviously got twitter and instagram just search patient 67 um we really appreciate the support we get from people a lot of them in in um parts that are so far away from us and you know i always try and and you know express my gratitude and the band's gratitude for that support because like without people who give us their time and listen to us we you know, we don't know if we'd be doing this um you know on the level that we are you know so we really appreciate that um, obviously, we've got the Imbalance Redux on August 14th. Um, we have like a merch giveaway we're running for that. It's all over our socials. If this comes out before then, definitely enter that because like you can – it helps support us and you can win some cool stuff. So, yeah, bit of a win-win. <clears throat> uh, and other than that, you, you'll be hearing more. We've got some plans coming up in the next few months. Um, we, we're definitely going to be doing some streaming stuff. Um, but uh, if you stay up to date with us, we'll, you'll get all of it first. So, thank you guys so much. Absolutely, man. And I will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can follow you on social media so that they can pick up the music on Bandcamp, so they can check out the merch, you know, all of that. If you have the time, I would recommend going all the way back and listening to everything that Patient 67 has. But if you have to start somewhere, start with Home Truths right away, obviously. And then also, you know, if you're listening to this after the Redux comes out, then definitely take a listen to that too and work your way back and really understand the journey that they went to, even as cliche as that sounds. You can really hear the maturity in what they're doing and really just, you know, rock out to it, which is great. So we have to we have to leave this on a on an awful, awful joke that I have to that I have to do. So I know I know the background of the name of the band. But has anyone come up to you and said, oh, man, why didn't you guys go with Patient 69? 
has anyone ever asked us that? I'm trying to think of a show when someone has it. Like, <laughs> it's up there. And the way you just said it, I mean, yeah, that's that's a, that's up there. I was gonna put on like a drunk bro voice if I could, and then I I yeah. think I changed it halfway through. Yeah, I just I figured it. Could yeah. Be, so all right, that's good. At least at least my faith in humanity has kept strong enough. We we embrace it. We gotta we embrace that man. Like because at the end of the day, it's like yeah, we should have called ourselves that. It would have been very funny. And then it'd be like, oh, this is no good. <laughs> All right. Well, that I think that is a great place to leave. So, Tom, this has been a lot of fun. You know I'm a fan of yours. You know I'm a fan of the band. And I am so glad. I got to be honest, besides some like basic cutouts that have happened throughout, I mean, that's just because technology is the way it is. This is one of the cleanest sounding you know, conversations that I've had on the show. You're 12 hours ahead of me and you're halfway across the world. And still, this works out better than someone who's on their cell phone, you know, two blocks away from me. For sure. Yeah, I think um, have got to shout out Discord for holding up, Ian. And uh, yep. yeah, you, you know it works. So no, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> glad it's, um, I'm really glad the quality's been okay. I did test my mic as well. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be 12 hours in front and, and ask Ian to interview me and then have shit ass mics down. So yeah, it worked well. You took care of your side as well. No, that's absolutely true. No, I, I do always appreciate it when someone actually has a mic set up and they're able to hold their own in a conversation. So that is, that is very true. So once again, Tom, thank you so much and all the best to patient 67. I really appreciate you doing this and we'll have to do it again in the future. And maybe then we'll do our scene trivia. Sounds good. Ian. book it. I'm ready. <laughs> thank you.